Thanks so much for downloading the Nightcap podcast. We appreciate the support and we'd love to know that you are enjoying the pod. And now you can become a proud member of the Nightcap podcast tribe. Along with our weekly catch-ups and up-and-coming series with more amazing guests, we've created some bespoke Nightcap podcast clothing, which you can get online now. We've teamed up with our friends at T-Mill to create t-shirts and hoodies in various sizes, colours and fits for both men and women. Yeah, we chose T-Mill for several reasons. They make these clothes with 100% natural materials using organic materials that are better for the environment. They use the sun and wind to power the production of these products, plus they they will send you your order in packaging made from plants, not plastics. And the best thing is they look great and they feel great. You can just tell their quality so there's no knockoff merch here. Yeah, it's as simple as this. Go to thenightcap.tmill.com. That's thenightcap.tmill.com to order your Nightcap podcast merch now. Hello and welcome to The Nightcap, myself and Paul Foster upstairs uh, in Salt, having a coffee and a cannoli and yes. a catch-up. Very nice. I like that we're adding snacks to that. <laughs> that should be a weekly thing, we start adding snacks to it. I just uh, I just thought, I, like, cause I, I wasn't even hungry, but I mm. haven't had any food yet today. Yeah. And I w- nipped over to get the coffees and I was like, oh, I haven't had like, cannolis for ages. And mm. I saw quite a range at Marco's Deli over the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Italian yeah. place. Great coffee there. Mm-hmm. It was weird because I oddly was going to bring up cannolis on today's podcast <laughs> because I went to Red Hot Mamas for the first time to have pizza. Yeah. Great pizza. It, it was really good, pizza, good yeah. uh, in Stratford. Um, and then, yeah, I got a couple of cannolis to go. It's weird because I'd only had the fried ones before and mm. I actually wasn't aware of baked ones. Yeah. because the, And the texture's obviously really different, but I think I prefer the baked ones. Yeah, I think I do as well. I don't know why, but yeah. they, they were really nice. They were almost a bit of a snap to them, the fried ones. They were very sweet, but they had mm. almost that brandy snap texture to them do you know yeah. what i mean but they seem to be very they're quite varying everywhere you go but it's a really underrated thing it's great for like a pudding or something to have with a coffee but it's also a breakfast could be like a substitute yeah. for a pastry small like, going with a coffee is great like these yeah. ones but you can get bigger ones as well yeah yeah so good not something i've ever, ever made to be honest i was gonna i no. did i was gonna ask you if you had because it's like i mean i only probably had my first one at like a food a food festival th- thing a few years ago me and mm. Haley, and we got a box of them and we're like the Sicilian one with the le- with the orange yeah. and the raisin in it. And mm. it's just, there's something about them. They're just so nice. They're so yeah. Moorish and so tasty. And the variety of flavours, they look great. Especially if, the more rustic they look, the better they look. In my, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. They're just such a, such a fancy. Yeah, like when I, you know, there wasn't one of those things that was known. You know, like when I started cooking 20 year, 20 odd years ago and then up until... There was a lot of things that are popular now that everyone's got exposure to, but you never saw tacos anywhere. Everyone yeah, thought, good point. Was, the only thing people knew of Mexican food was fajitas, which doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there was a lot of this stuff you just wasn't really aware of unless you had exposure to that country. So yeah, so true. It wasn't until the noughties. I tried cannolis in Italy. I was like, oh, sick, these are Yeah, they are so nice. Yeah, and then they still didn't really come over here. No. You don't see them about a lot. Like here, what, you get them at Red Hot Mama's and you get them at Marco's. Yeah. Where else would you get them in Stratford? Yeah, I don't know. The only time I've seen them, and I think they might be based in Leamington, but there's like a cart 
that uh, often yes. pulls up in Stratford, and we've had yeah. them from there. They're lovely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love the chocolate hazelnut ones mm. and the pistachio ones. Yeah. But yeah, just get a variety, you know, share them. They're just, they're just that fat cigar-like look. Yeah. They're just great. <laughs> um, and then weirdly, another tie into cannolis, I finished The Bear. Yeah. Season two, the Christmas episode. Yes. Fucking chaos. How intense is it? It's so intense. You feel anxious, don't you? You you really do. It's like, and you're trying to emerge, like how, how they direct that Mm. from a, you know, sort of no spoilers. Like don't, if you, if you're still catching up on the series, but the, the Christmas episode, it's basically at the family home and it's, but there's, there's almost multiple conversations going on at once. And as a listener, as a viewer, you're almost picking and choosing who you're listening to because Mm. you can't listen to them all. Yeah. How they script, like, what does the script look like? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there like, must that, right, be you, a lot you say of... this line over the top of them saying this, like, it must just be. There must be a lot of freedom. Ad lib, yeah. yeah. Must and be. doing again and again and seeing what works. Oh, and, yeah. Crazy. It's so complicated, but the so stress. Simple. Yeah, the stress. I and think then, a lot of people can, not to that level, like it was extreme, but empathize with that stress. 100%. And, yeah, and it's that, that heightened sense of everything's just a bit more. Uh, yeah, I, stressed but emotional. Mm. Act, just because it's Christmas. Yeah, like, if it was just a Sunday, like like in this country, like just a Sunday lunch, mm-hmm. like maybe last minute, like oh, do you want to come to us for Sunday roast? Like it's for Christmas. There's this heightened like ah. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what that is. To, I don't know what word to use, but it's just fucking Christmas. It, like, it, oh. it beat any Christmas day in Albert Square. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would <laughs> fucking would. But then at the end of the, that episode, again, no spoilers, but he sort of he the lead character is like fixated on the cannolis on the side because in the moment of stress he's just a bit transfixed isn't he and he's just mm. looking at a pile of cannolis and that reminds him of Christmas Day and then eventually he cut forward to the bear and he ends up putting a cannoli on the menu yes that's right yeah. um, in the pastry section and and yeah it was just all this weird like I had cannolis the night before saw cannolis on the show turned up here you've got cannolis I'm like <laughs> am I being punked what is it's a cannoli festival that is mad uh, very odd but uh, yeah and then the other thing I wanted to talk talk about with the bear was uh the forks episode like i told you yeah. obviously no spoiler that was my favorite everyone loved brilliant. the 12 fishes 12 fishes 12 the christmas seven one. Fishes. seven fish yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah seven fishes but yeah i like forks completely stylistically a completely different yeah like cinematography everything yeah, i just love the arc of cousin and oh, yeah. just that was where he just became a hero absolutely and i think it was one of those on paper where i said he goes away and you know, it transforms it. It could have looked cliche or it could have looked unbelievable. Like, oh, you've, yeah. been, you've been away one day, mate, and you've come back a changed man. But yeah. you completely, he is so immersed in the culture and it's not just the work, but the philosophy on life. And it's a story, it's like a story about your attitude towards yourself, mm-hmm. self-respect. And there was so much, there's a lot of hard-hitting stuff in there. And it he was, was like, already on that journey yeah. this yeah. was just the straw exactly it wasn't like one day changed his life and yeah it, you just you see this growth in him and the big moments like when he was in his car and mm. how much it meant to him yeah yeah, yeah exactly and then yeah when he comes in his suit yeah you're like oh mate yeah that that, that episode and then uh, uh, again we won't spoil it but a great unbelievable cameo yeah, yeah. I was like what the fuck yeah like, the five minutes of like one of the biggest actors in the world like, G- like Jesus it's yeah. incredible just um, and there's quite a few throughout the series actually like people yeah. like Jamie Lee Curtis was another one she was the mum yes and she's sort of only in it like once or twice and you're mm-hmm. just like what amazing pulls to get these Claire Foy as well was in it at one point yes again yes, she, right. probably a hundred lines I always that. forget his name but the stepdad was Sol oh yeah, yeah. Um, better call Sol 
Oh, fucking hell, I've forgotten his name. But yeah, Better Call Saul is the, the dad. Yeah. Yeah, fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, what a show. Amazing. And I'm not surprised that it picked up. I think, so the lead guy, is it Cam? Khan? Carney? Akami. He won Best Actor at the Golden Glo- Emmys or Golden Globes. Yeah, Cousin won. He won. Um, and then she, Best Supporting. The head chef won. She won. Yeah, she was well. Best Actress. And then they won Best Show. Oh, yeah. cleaned up didn't it yeah. absolutely and well deserved play. fucking brilliant we have got quite a bit of correspondence actually to get through today so right. uh, got one from Ben bit of story time here so uh, hi guys love the pod it's my cycling listening material been living out in Melbourne for eight years my question for Paul do you think Michelin's existence has created a bit of a paradigm within countries it exists in I'm not too educated on the history of the guide, but after an eight-week stay in Hong Kong, I realised that Michelin-rated restaurants there are very much just great restaurants. It's not a style of food. Do you think it's like a European influence on style? Is there is there like a paradigm within like a country? It's hard to say without travelling and stuff, but... Yeah, I don't um, think there is at all. No, not at all? No, no. It's I think there used the to be. Ah. But like when, you know, Le Gavroche days, everything was that French modern classical French yeah. now you know look like Andrew Wong two mission star yeah Chinese, that's true yeah rooted in Chinese you've got mission star Indian restaurants French Italian British West African yeah um yeah. as well so yeah no I think it's incredibly diverse but yeah probably sort of so the first ever mission star restaurant in the UK was Le Gavroche mm. that opened 67 so if you're talking 70s 80s and probably creeping into 90s it was all french it was french dominated and it was only like a few countries in europe that had the guide Mm -hmm. but then that's just gone on and on and people have just it's more about the standard of the food yeah it's incredibly diverse in this country as a as a society becomes more multicultural so does its food and therefore so does its stars and yeah and then as michelin grow out and inspectors come from different countries and you know they'll you know they'll, they'll get inspectors from different countries to judge restaurants such as say Andrew Wong's and things like that I was going to ask that because I never really sort of thought about it but obviously with Michelin being in so many different countries how often do those judges get together or swap countries or because you it would be probably not 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 fair but not good practice to keep the same Michelin judges in England and their English do you know what I mean especially if you know, they're, they're doing a cuisine that you're not as familiar with. Yeah. You know, it's helpful for someone to come over yeah. and see it. Like, again, another one, like New Nordic cuisine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously a lot of restaurants like that. So their English or British um, inspectors will go into Europe and they'll come over here. Oh, and wow. that's always that's been amazing. the way as far as I've known. I didn't know that. Yeah. What are the what are the biggest countries that don't have Michelin? Australia. Yeah. Um and then there's some parts of America because they, they break that down into the oh, states. States, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else it would be. There, there are obviously some left in Asia. Dubai have just got the mm-hmm. guide. Yeah. Um, there are South, some South, South American countries have got it, haven't they? Quite a few South. Is that right? Um, I'm or just no. trying to think. I don't know if in my head who has and who hasn't, but there's mm. probably a few missing. But Africa doesn't no. have many. So obviously, Europe dominated, North America. Mm-hmm. Asia and sort of around the Middle East, there are quite yeah, a few. Yeah. But yeah, Australia is one that's never had it. They have the hat system, which is mm-hmm. comparable, apparently. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating, though, isn't it? How that I'd love to see a conversation between like an Italian Michelin star, yeah, like, invigilator, and an English one, and then they swap countries and feedback. Like it must be mm. a fascinating dynamic. And also, 
when we've talked about like storytelling in food, a lot of that is like rooted in nostalgia. So Italian food's maybe not a good example because we've had like lasagnas growing up, shit ones, but we've had lasagnas yeah, growing up. But they, it's they like, have a marker that can sort yeah, of go against it's yeah, like going to, going things, to Massimo's yeah. and having the corner of the lasagna. Like it was familiar, but it had like roots in nostalgia for me. But say like I don't know, uh, an invigilator from Hong Kong comes over, yeah, and he didn't have. Or she didn't have lasagna growing up. Like it's a different mindset going in, so and vice versa. Yeah. So that's where it all gets a bit like. Yeah, and know. I think that's where they do as much crossover as possible, and just try <laughs> and get a greater understanding. Yeah. Nice. Good question. That uh, mm. we got one from Mike as well. Uh, less so a question, but more about the tattoos. Hi guys, love the pod. Heard you talking about chef tattoos, so here's mine. You'll never see another like this. Uh, it was designed by someone called Loz in Worcester. I told them I want all items I told them all the items I wanted he drew them up the knife is a knife I was issued with in college in 2002 you'll see rhubarb which is a nod to uh, one of his grandmother's and grandfather's recipes uh, there's some cloves as a nod to a grandma in there loads of different stuff and it is a work of art I think mm. have you got the picture there as well yeah just looking for right. it yeah because he's got the cow as well the bull yeah the bull that yeah. is cool isn't it it does look great I lo- and it has the I like the way the bull's sort of you know, it's in action but it's still got the cuts in as well yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah exactly and it's not just it's made up with nice leaves like pigs you can find loads of stuff just dotted around in it. It's a really good sleeve. Yeah. It's re- and it inter- intertwines really nicely. Like mm. one blends into the other. Really, it looks really cool. Really yeah. impressed with that. Nice bit of root veg in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool. Yeah, garlic, it's just it's one of the, like it looks fucking amazing. But it's when you break it down, it's like you know if you sort like stereotypically, you see this guy big beard. Big sleeves, and this is rhubarb for grandma. <laughs> Do you know I, mean? I love that. But it's yeah. really nice because from, from afar, from afar, you, you ju- judge a book by its cover and stuff. With this guy, it turns up there. That's garlic. That's beetroot. For my grandma, it's, it's like it's so sweet, though, isn't it? I it just, is because it goes against you know me yeah. growing up. Yeah. It was you know tattoos were still a bit like you know it was i grew up in pubs in coventry and you'd it would be the swallow on the neck and you know you knew to avoid those guys <laughs> yeah 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 and it was well it was that old peter k joke about love and hate on your knuckles and all that sort of stuff it <laughs> yeah. was all, it was all that sort of shit wasn't it yeah anchors yeah yeah the old sailor tattoos <laughs> yeah yeah, it's changed a lot. But it's cool. Thanks so much for those, Mike. I yeah, am a big, big fan of those. Any other chef tattoos, please send them in. We do love uh, having a look. We got one here from Rasmus. This was really cool, actually. He said, hi, you guys. Thanks for a great pod. Looking forward to the next episode every single week. Just a heads up from a Danish chef in Noma. It's closing in the end of 2024. So get your ass over here and eat at Noma before it's too late. Yes. Yeah, well, after we spoke about it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we were aware. I think we spoke about it a while ago on one yeah. weekly pod, didn't we? It, mm. it closed and I never knew exactly when, but... End of 2024, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, need to do something. Time's running out. By the way, if you love the Fat Duck, you should check out The Alchemist in Copenhagen. Yes, I've been aware of that is for that, ages. It, it's is it? incredible, like, a very sort of interactive place oh, okay yeah cool love that thanks very much rasmus lovely to hear international correspondence we've mm. had no brilliant D- danish and australian questions here which is brilliant uh one more here from tom who says if paul wants to talk fried eggs is there any better way than cooking them in the pan after you've cooked your ribeye steak beef fat and butter fried eggs smash I mean, just the, yeah. Opinion? I mean, the fat you're using is always going to help. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So beef fat makes everything taste good. Butter makes everything taste good. Of course it does. Yeah, but um, I mean, this is shallow. 
but it doesn't look great. No, it, like, it can look it depends. if the butter's burnt. Yeah, and well, yeah, because there's naturally going to be a bit of beef mm. juice mixed in with that butter as well, so it's a slightly brown. Oh, it still tastes delicious, yeah. but that with eggs, it does look a bit like ah. Uh, For me, like personally, I'd always do. I don't know, I'm quite a purist with well, a lot of things, aren't I? But eggs <laughs> yeah. as well, just just doing it as it is. And then yeah. the beef's going to taste amazing anyway. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair. Nice one, guys. Keep all of your questions, correspondence coming in. We'll, we always read them and uh, we do enjoy it. Oh, before we move on to top fives, um, just wanted to talk about uh, a bit more pasta. So we did the Soprasini pasta at the weekend. Yes. Which was really good. Really enjoyed it. Really easy recipe. Really easy to make the pasta. Although I fucked it initially because I started doing it too thin oh, right, i was on okay. autopilot a bit yeah and i was you know folding it taking it down mm. and then realized that you actually still needed it really quite fat yeah to do this because i did put that in the description that it goes oh you did i just didn't read it second. yeah i was just worried then i didn't no no, no you definitely if it's too did. thin it just it goes a bit waif and you limp. definitely did and i skim read it and uh, sort of when i saw the second you, you put like second, second last on a pasta machine i yeah. in my mind i was like the second thinnest that's what I do second last on my pasta machine, not the thinnest. Yeah. So the oh, penultimate yeah. one. Yes, the penultimate one. Yeah. Yeah, so I, went, I took it down to there. Yeah. Which I shouldn't have done. Oh, okay. Right? Is that right? Well, I, I take it to the, not the thinnest, the second thinnest. Oh, you do? Yeah, oh, because yeah. I thought I had to take it to the, because I looked at the photo and I was like, that looks quite fat still. Ah, so nice. I took it way thicker than that. Yeah. And it still tasted good, but yeah, it was obviously yeah. you still had yeah, a big yeah, bite to it. Yeah, it can do. It takes a bit more cooking. But, but yeah, when I looked at the photo, I thought, oh, that still looks quite thick and mine yeah. looks really thin. So I... Like you can even do it on the thinnest, but they're just, they will just lose the shape and they're, yeah. just, they're just limp because yeah, yeah, they yeah. can't hold their own weight. Got you. But I generally, like same as if I was doing tagliatelle yeah and it's not a pure science because um some pasta machines are different yeah but the second thinnest that's, is where i take it to that's the that's the thing as well i think with my pasta machine i was looking at the photo because you had it pinched between your fingers in the photo mm. and i was looking at mine i was like no mine's way too thin ah, okay so but that's knew, a good judgment call with the photo yeah, i though, knew yeah. i had to go back and then when i did yeah. it it still had a nice that al dente like mm. bite proper bite to it yeah uh, which I loved. And it was great with that sauce, mm. uh, which was like a almond-based pesto. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that about pestos, that basically that translates as crushed. So there are loads of pestos. isn't just pine nuts and basil. It's any sort of paste that you used crushed nuts or, or yeah. aromats, basically. If you say pesto to someone in this country, people just think of the pesto we know. Yeah, green pesto or red doesn't pesto. mean that. You would say basil pesto. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was... Um, Pesto alla trapanese, which yeah. is it's yeah. more That's almond it. based. There's tomato in there. There is basil, but there's mint as well, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying mint. to remember the recipe off my yeah, head. Yeah, mint. Yeah, basil and mint. Uh, yeah, garlic. And then, yeah, the flesh of the tomato. So, yeah, taking the skin off and then using yeah. them basically the meat of the tomato. Which gives a bit of fruitiness. Because obviously, like, just on the eye, you're looking at it and I'm looking at the photo and it's like, well, it's completely green pesto. Where the fuck's the tomato? But then, obviously, when you're just using the flesh, mm. it doesn't come up as red. No, no, it doesn't. So, but it's really satisfying. still got that hint of tomato in there. Yeah. Yeah, like it. it means like smash because if you think about it, pesto, yeah, pestle and mortar, of course. So it is linked more to the word, it's the action and what you're doing, it's yeah. not what it it's is, it's not a ingredient, yeah, so to speak, which so is how we sh- think of it. I mean, generally in this country, yeah, if you have pesto, that's yeah. what you're going to get, but in Italy, you wouldn't assume that. No, but I, I had one in Bologna, which was quite typical of that region, and it was pork fat, rosemary. Garlic, parmesan, wow, salt. That was it, and that was the pesto. That's amazing. And they put it on. Oh, I can't remember the name of these little uh, little flatbreads. They put them in them and grilled these little flatbreads. Mm. It was amazing. But oh, that yeah. was pesto. And well, that was when he said it was. It's not 
just this green sauce that you think it is. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, I never really linked that, to be honest. I knew there was varieties. No, I didn't. But yeah. And that was also a little bit of a light bulb moment because I thought, oh, well then almost that, that like, uh, it gives validity to then like go and create yeah. stuff. Like, oh, I'm not just stuck with pine nuts and basil then. I can get almonds. I can get, I can yeah. try it out. Like, almonds, that's really cool. The herbs, uh, you, yeah. you know, you've got some fat in there, which is generally your cheese or mm. your oil. Yeah. 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 So good. Really enjoyed it. Good. And uh, yeah, the Soprasini, it's because uh, again, reading, it was fascinating about that whole like, um, you know, when a pretty, if it, it basically used to be a thing that priests would invite themselves to people's houses for dinner. Yeah. Uh, and if they didn't have meat or they were just trying to fob him off, they would give him Soprasini because it almost was a ghost yeah, tortellini. It was a ghost tortellini, yeah. like the little tortellini. They'd serve it in a broth, maybe. Yeah. Um, and just because they couldn't afford the meat, yeah, yeah. these cheeky buggers invited themselves over. Clear. He put it in a brothy thing anyway, and yeah. it tastes meaty. They wouldn't really notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I can believe that. <laughs> it's really satisfying to make and really easy because cutting them into squares. got my tape measure out, obviously. Yeah. Cut them into squares. And then I, I only use the tape measure for the first couple. Yeah. And then I could just do it by eye. Yeah. Because it, it was just to know. Like, I know what three, four centimetres is, mm. but I was at the same time, I was like, I want to get this right. Exactly. But you can do them bigger or smaller. It's just... It's more key that they're, they're equal. They're all the same. Because the points won't meet right and you don't get that lovely sort of rounded end on each yeah. side. So if it's more rectangular, yeah. you're just not going to get that shape right. You still like, you second guess yourself because there's still a part of me that even when I've pinched those together and they're properly pinched, I'm like, as soon as they go into water, it's all just going to... Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to trust it. Exactly, yeah. But it's amazing. Absolutely love that one. Uh, and then I saw your uh, bolognese thing on TikTok. I know we've spoken <laughs> about bolognese loads on here, but I was pissing myself at the comments. It was, was so funny. good, yeah. yeah. So obviously like, the main thing was about putting milk in at the end, which is traditional in parts of Italy and mm. something we've talked about here and loads of people do that. Mm. Some of the fucking comments, even I was getting wound up, but some of your replies were, they were masterful. <laughs> I think my favourite was someone said, I think my Italian grandma's just had a heart attack and you just commented saying well then go and call the fucking ambulance don't be messaging on here (laughs) so good but yeah the people like it's just that stubbornness of looking at not looking outside of what they know yeah you know that for for many things there's not one recipe for yeah and i'm not here just going doing a a really tacky English version yeah, of exactly. it, you know, within Italy. There's there a lot of Italians versions. on there. I've never heard of this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> there's a lot of Italians that, yeah, yeah. We, we do this. Yeah. So there you go. It's fucking valid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so funny. It, yeah. It was making funny. me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just, it's just another highlight of how you can't win, but you know, you know, I drew them in. Oh, no, I drew them yeah. in. I knew I was gonna. Yeah, because the old person would comment, and you would be like, really, fr- because it was just like you could tell the trolls from the non-trolls exactly. with the comments, can't you? Yeah. It's just like it's so funny. But like, they, not food associated, but this just this just highlighted it for me at the at the weekend on TikTok. I wrote um, a comment on a video that I could not have been nicer. Yeah, I've had 60, 70 odd comments of like anger towards me about it. What? And it just highlights how anyone can take anything. Christ. So it's what it was, it was a video of Paolo Natini, right? I love Paolo Natini. Yeah, I think he's me, fucking me incredible, yeah. right? When he was 17, singing Last Request, before he was signed or whatever, before he got big. And I just wrote, right, one of the best British singer-songwriters of generation, like his voice... It's just effortless emotion. Yeah. Right. So true. What do you think they got upset by? Best, one of the best of his generation? No. No. The fact I put British. 
Oh my god! Yes. Um, he is Scottish, and my voice infliction there is their capital oh, letters, oh and the amount of anger. It's like, god. yeah, he is Scottish and Italian. Oh, <laughs> forgot mate. that bit, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, he's, he's Scottish and he's British, but I, you know, they wouldn't even accept. And honestly, inundated. I was like, what the fuck is wrong? With I people? cannot. I've said something really nice about this guy. Yeah, I know. And then I said, if if anything. That's better because I've put him in a bigger pool of people and not just said he's one of the best, best Scottish. He's one of the best British. Yeah. He's in a bigger pool. <laughs> Fuck. Honestly, just highlight. You might even it. give a compliment. You, you know what I mean? Is, I love these, these guys. They're cheering Andy Murray on at Wimbledon, though. Because <laughs> like, it says GBR next to his name. And yeah. that's, that's fine. That's fucking yeah. hell. They're all like, you're trying to claim him. I'm like, oh, oh my God, he's not. No, just enjoy his music. Do, do you think Paolo Nutini would turn around and go, how dare you call me one of the best <laughs> songwriters of my generation in Britain? How fucking dare you? Yeah. Maybe in Scotland, but not the whole of Britain as well, and including like uh, Ed Sheeran. Like, fucking hell. It's just. Honestly, mate, I mean, it would. Madness, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking Madness. trolls. Fucking trolls. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, cool, should we do some top fives? Uh, yes. So this is um, a bit of a different one. So Yeah, so it's not one five to one. No, it's is a is top it? five, five-course meal. So yeah. I, you know, I mean, because it's you as well, I'm expecting a bit of ebb and flow to this. Like, you'd have thought about, oh, if I'm having this at this point, I won't have anything like this later. I can imagine that you've... Well, it's been hard, to be honest. Mm. It's been, It's been, yeah... It's been hard because there's a whole world of food I and I didn't know which way to take it. So yeah. I've just gone... And then seasonal. Yeah, so I've gone for ultimate, like, indulgence. Cool. Really. Yeah, cool. And, like, looking at it, like, is that boring? For... <laughs> no, no. And I was like, is it, are we looking death row? Are we looking what best ever food? But no, I've just gone for just a fucking beautiful menu. Okay. Right, and you right. said, so four courses plus a drink, right? Didn't yes. You? So yeah, the yeah, drink. Nice. So I was going to go drink-wise. I was like, oh. Start with an old fashioned, but then mm. I was like, no, that's gone then. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. could have a few of them. But yeah, that's true. You need a bottle of wine or something. Yeah, so sure. I have to go for a bottle of wine, and yeah. it's something that's going to hold up to some of the dishes. It won't work with one or two of them, but so I've gone for a Chateau Moussa. Oh, okay, beautiful. You had it before? No, it's no. one of my favourite wines. Really unique Lebanese wine. <coughs> Just fucking incredible character to this wine. Sort of medium to full bodied. Um, mm-hmm. Loads of fruit to it. A lot of tannin, but um, it's one of those that needs aging. You know, right, I used yeah. to have a few years ago. I opened up a really old one when we got the star here. Um, I've only got one now, right. um, but it's a bit young, so I'm going to leave it a few years. But Chateau Moussa, so yeah. I'm just going to okay. enjoy that. Nice, share that's it. lovely. Um, lovely the, pick. The first course yeah. is going to be specifically from Shea Bruce in Wandsworth. Oh, nice. Um, I always go back to this. It's just my favourite starter I've ever had. It was a foie gras and chicken liver parfait. Oh, Toasted brioche. It was just beautiful perfect, brioche. Yeah. The best parfait I've ever eaten in my life. Perfect pick. But Matt Christmas is the chef there. It's just legend. Yeah. That's a perfect pick because I'll, everyone can relate to a parfait mm. or a pâté. That, that style of meaty yeah. and... The, so it's like that, but elevated to a fucking level, isn't it? Exactly. And I was going to put you on the spot, actually, and say, after each one, who's cooking it for you? So ah, right. Oh, I haven't done it for all of them. But no, that's all right. No. You can come up with it on the spot. But um, yeah, yeah so, but, but from Shiz Bruce. Um, yeah, with some chutney as well. But yeah. but just, I mean, I had that years ago. It stayed there, with you. And it is, because I, mean, I, I love a pate or a parfait anyway, and that was just the fucking... Mm. Best nice. I've ever had. Nice, love that. Yeah, that's a great one. Like genuinely salivating a bit now. <laughs> yeah, and it's got to be like l- loads more foie gras than chicken liver in there. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, mate, that is, it's got everything you need in a starter as well. Yeah. Like, wets the appetite, loads of fat. Yeah. Oh, beauty. And then fish course, okay. this this is not going to work with the wine at all. <laughs> like, yeah. At all. Just but, pop the wine to the side for a minute. But I weren't going to sacrifice that bottle of wine for yeah. one course. Fair I could enough. Just not drink it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Catch up with the main because I know it's working with that. Yeah, okay. Just roast turbot on the bone. Oh, I knew you were going to say turbot. Champagne yeah. sauce, caviar, and then just some nice spring vegetables. Oh, yeah, yeah, just some asparagus through it, maybe some fresh peas, things like Lovely. that. Lovely. That's, that's, that's really it. classic. Like. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but it's just beautiful, yeah. isn't it? Like it's a beautiful like, Don't fix something that's not broken. Yeah. And who's you can pick any chef coming <sighs> in to cook that for you. Who's cooking it for you? I don't know. It would have to be someone like classic, really, I suppose. Also, or, or anyone we've classic. had on the pod. Um, yeah, you can do that. I mean, they, I'm sure a lot of them could, obviously. Yeah, I know. You know like Tony Parkin always did um, yeah. a nice turbot and a champagne sauce. He did one on on Great British Menu or something similar. Yeah. No, Noel Keating did a whole one, didn't he, on Great British Menu? He did, a yeah. whole turbot. So Noel Keating, yeah. I'll take him as well. Or actually, someone whose food I really want to try as soon as possible. I've never eaten his food, but I know like this dish, he would absolutely just fucking nail. Mm. Um, Mikhail Vuljanen from Chapter 2. One uh, in Dublin, yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Two star, yeah, like he would, uh, yeah, kill that. Nail it. yeah, love it. Great pick. This is a great, great little menu already. Yeah. Okay. Mains. So the uh, the main course just has to be beef. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's and I'm not I'm not going fancy with it either. So it's got to be a rib of beef, like sixty seventy day aged, grass fed beautiful nice fucking marble piece nice <laughs> 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 marble piece of beef um it's slowly cooked Lovely, beautifully yeah. pink I'll picture it now as you need over you know wood and charcoal yeah with fries cooked in beef fat nice are oh, you going fries yeah i wonder yeah. what form of potato you'd be going yeah i didn't want to take it too close to a roast yeah but really crispy like yeah do you like thin, mcdonald's thin fries? yeah yeah thin but, fries yeah like that i do yeah like mcdonald's fries are fucking class yeah, yeah they yeah, are yeah. class yeah but cook them in beef fat like they used to originally they used to cook them in tallow didn't they yeah mcdonald's stuff, yeah of course yeah cook, no they are still good yeah like crispy as fuck yeah beef beef fat so bernays some peppercorn sauce, some chimichurri, yeah, three sauces. <laughs> Just a few sauces. Yeah, you need three, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And then mix and match. I don't want any vegetables. Nah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe. Uh, yeah, no. It's yeah. token at that point. Wait a minute, isn't I it? Don't know. Nah. Fuck it. Tender no. stem broccoli on the. Nah. Nah. That's nice, but fuck it. Don't need it. No, I don't need it. Yeah, I don't know. Nice. Maybe. Just beef and chips, basically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. some good onion rings Friday um, <laughs> that's great uh, and then dessert I um denied I always go for like a chocolate tart but I thought yeah chocolate tart is your favourite that came up I in your favourite puddings it, but yeah. I think um, I think like a really beautiful tart to tan just a beautifully caramelised apple tart yeah. to tan. You Classic. Nice tart apple. Um, really lovely caramel on it. A little bit of sort of spice in there. You know, it's star anise, vanilla and, and stuff. And then just, Ice cream? Um, yeah, ice cream and creme anglaise. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. nice. Going all Classic that, yeah. dad at a restaurant. Yeah. Ice cream or custard? Yes. Both. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Mate, that's a really classic menu. It is. It's just, I don't know if pa- it's because I'm getting old. Yeah. Parfait. Parfait turbo champagne beef, sauce. Beef. Tartatan. Tartatan. Mate, that is. It is. Classic. But just. I just went for deliciousness. Every one of those you dishes know they're guaranteed delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like some good food 
Oh, who's isn't cook- delicious. We need to go back. Who's right. cooking your beef? Oh, who's cooking the beef? Who's cooking your beef? Oh, who could who could do the beef? I know a lot of people could. Yeah, do Yeah, they that, could all. But... Everyone could do these, but it's like yeah. if you if you just knew that they put that extra little bit of. But Sat could do the beef. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sat, yeah. Nice. And then dessert. Bring in the big dog for the beef. Yeah. <laughs> dessert. Who would I pick for dessert? Who's After beef, I'd probably pick Jockey. Who is um, uh, yeah. obviously uh, one of the lead chefs for Gordon Ramsay Group? Used to work for yep. Heston. Yeah, yeah. Probably picture always pop, pops up on the Master Chef round table every year. Yeah, he? and you know he fucking absolutely nail the tart to tart, wouldn't he? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh mate, that's beautiful. What a menu. Yeah, because like, like some great food or lovely food isn't always like that. You know, lip smackingly delicious. Yeah, you're right. And that's what I went for. With it's just delicious. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Um, umptious, umptious, mm, unctuous. unctuous. Um, I always say unctuous. unctuous. I don't know if that's right. Something, like that. something, something yeah. on those lines. But no, oh, your wine's going really well with the beef and the tartan as well. Oh yeah, yeah it's and perfect. yeah, it's working fine with a parfait. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't pair it. But with that beef, yeah, you yeah, just you're saving most of it till then. Isn't you? Fucking hell, that is great. What yeah. that's just perfect. Maybe your next chef ta- chef's table up here should be your that five course meal. Ah, yeah, that'd be class, actually. That'd be good. Do a yeah. nightcap night, and you do those. Oh. You eat with us, obviously. Yeah. yeah. We'll get all those chefs in, fucking out cost a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Every chef you know, Sat just comes to just do the beef for eight people. Fucking all out. of a sudden, there's less foie gras and less <laughs> yeah. you know, caviar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, that's a good one. Yeah. Great, great cool. top five. Well done. Any suggestions for me? Yeah, well, I thought I was going to steal the one, the other one you nearly did for me last week, the pie oh, fillings. Pies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd like to see where you go with that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I think a lot of a lot of pies and stuff as well, like rooted in a bit of nostalgia or a bit of, mm. you know, so definitely can do that. Nice. Can I do sweet and savoury or do yeah. it? What if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Definitely. Right. Great. Leave it with me. Cool. I think that's about it. As always, please send us your questions and rate and review us. It's really important. Get your phone out. Do it now. Five stars. Leave a comment on there, a question, whatever it is. We will always read them out just like we did today. Thanks so much for all your correspondence and we will see you next week. See you later. Cheers. Thanks so much for downloading the Nightcap podcast. We appreciate the support and we'd love to know that you are enjoying the pod. And now you can become a proud member of the Nightcap podcast tribe. Along with our weekly catch-ups and up-and-coming series with more amazing guests, we've created some bespoke Nightcap podcast clothing, which you can get online now. We've teamed up with our friends at T-Mill to create t-shirts and hoodies in various sizes, colours and fits for both men and women. Yeah, we chose T-Mill for several reasons. They make these clothes with 100% natural materials using organic materials that are better for the environment. They use the sun and wind to power the production of these products, plus they will send you your order in packaging made from plants, not plastics. And the best thing is they look great and they feel great. You can just tell their quality so there's no knockoff merch here. Yeah, it's as simple as this. Go to thenightcap.tmill.com. That's thenightcap.tmill.com to order your Nightcap podcast merch now.